Hi, this is Brent Hilmy. Thanks so much for tuning into this podcast entitled, How to Prepare Yourself During the Week for Worship. I think we would all agree that it's absolutely vital to be prepared before we step onto the stage to lead worship. So I'm going to cover this topic in three sections. The first will deal with the why. Why do we prepare ourselves? Second, we'll deal with the how. And third, we'll deal with the when. So please stay tuned for all three sections. And thanks again for tuning in. into those things, I want to make sure we clear up just a couple assumptions that I'm making uh, for this particular seminar. And the first assumption is that um, I am not going to focus on the technical in regard to musical. In other words, I'm not going to talk about how to rehearse and why to rehearse. I'm already just assuming ahead of time that uh, the team has spent time rehearsing, that you guys have gotten together, you've decided how the song sets are going, you've worked out arrangements and transitions and or whatever it may be, um, just from a musical sense. So, so we're not going to focus on that, although I will be touching on it because it's, it's part of our role and part of our preparation uh, during the week uh, for worship leaders. And um, the second assumption is that I'm not going to talk about uh, leadership communication issues. In other words, I am going to assume already that the worship leader um, is is in contact with the, the senior staff of the church or however the leadership structure works there that they've worked out uh, how and why worship fits into that particular Sunday morning or worship event uh, so you know where the flow is and uh, just all those types of communication things, which again is another part of preparation and deserves full time and a full seminar in and of itself on how to to work that out. So again, I'm assuming we've we've already rehearsed and that we've already um, have spent our time communicating clearly with the leadership. So we're going to spend our time here when we talk about preparing ourselves during the week for more of a personal sense. How do we prepare our hearts um, and and just get focused on ourselves as individuals, as worship leaders, worship team members? as we point towards the Sunday morning event or, again, whatever worship event it is that you're leading for. So with those assumptions already in mind, let's go ahead and move into our first main section that I'm calling Understanding the Why. So why is a time of personal preparation or the activity of preparing ourselves, why is that important? And the key to this is that worship is our highest calling. We, we, we need to get this. Worship is our highest calling. And therefore, we need to be clear about a theological foundation for worship. So let me lay, lay a few things out here, okay? First, God is zealous for his glory. And this is just a key foundational concept about God himself, that we as worship leaders need to really embrace and understand. Look at Isaiah 48, verses 9 through 11. Let me read that. For my own sake, I delay my wrath. Now, this is God talking here. For my own sake, I delay my wrath. For the sake of my praise, I hold it back from you so as not to cut you off. See, I have refined you, though not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. For my own sake, for my own sake, I do this. How can I let myself be defamed? 
I will not yield my glory to another. So this is God talking. In this context, he's talking about not cutting off the nation of Israel uh, for disobedience. Um, so in other words, we translate that out, not cutting off, cutting off us for disobedience at all, for the sake of his own glory. And this is just one verse. And this is, we see this consistently throughout the scriptures where God his motivation for doing things would be for my name's sake, so for my glory, so as not to cut off my name. Statements like this throughout the scriptures, this just happens to be one that I picked, um, that I found, because there's six times in these three verses that God reiterates that he's zealous, that he's committed to upholding his glory. Again, a key foundational concept about God. And we build upon this when we take a look at the fact that God created us, you and I, for his glory as well. Uh, Pastor and author John Piper has stated that we are to be reflectors. God has created us to be reflectors of God's glory. Look at Isaiah 43, verses 6 and 7. I say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar, my daughters from the ends of the earth, everyone who is called by my name, here it is, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. See, God created us for a specific purpose, and it's for his glory. In all that we do, we reflect his glory. I mean, think about the garden, think about the relationship, and think about all that was offered to us and all that in Christ is offered to us and and how that reflects upon God and his love for us and his glory alone. So see, there's two points here. God is zealous for his glory. All that he does, how he interacts with us is all focused on bringing glory and greatness to his name. And if you want a, a, a more in-depth discussion on this, I just I highly recommend um, some of the books by uh, John Piper. Uh, he, he's, he, he writes on this and expounds upon this uh, in far more than, than I can do in this short period of time here. But it is, it's a foundational concept. God's, God's um, zealous for his glory. He's created us for his glory, to be reflective of his glory. So, so how, can we, how can we do that? I mean, how does that work out? within our daily lives. Worship. See, worship is one of the primary vehicles. It's not the only vehicle, but it's one of the primary vehicles through which God's glory is displayed in us. See, our giving worship, even just the word worship, if we were to do a study on the word worship here, we would look that the words always ascribe um, worth to the object in this in God is what we're talking about here in in describing giving worth to um, one of the most familiar uh, words for worship um, through the scriptures particularly the Old Testament is uh, is the Greek word proskuneo which um, which has this this idea of to bow down in homage and to kiss or to kiss the hand it's it's this paying reverence and honor and giving glory so the lesser giving glory to the greater okay. That's what worship is. It's, it's displaying 
glory unto God. Look at look at Psalms 29, verses 1 through 2. It says, Ascribe to the Lord, O mighty ones, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory to his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. So obviously in this context, we're not I'm not just talking about worship in the musical sense. Okay, although I'll bring that back to the fact that the, the musical um, activity of worship, I mean, is is incredible in giving glory unto the Lord. But but ascribe to the Lord. In other words, give worship, give the give the glory, give give the honor due to the Lord. Ascribe to the Lord glory. See, God is zealous for His glory. He's created us to be reflectors of that glory. And he's given us the vehicle and the activity of worship through which we accomplish this. And God's glory is given through the activity of us, his creation. It's incredible. And it's, imp- it's important that we understand and embrace these biblical truths about God in, the exist- in our existence and of worship. Because as Ron Owen, who's a pastor and author, and, and he has this quote from his book, Return to Worship, A God-Centered Approach, he puts it clearly, the way we view God profoundly affects our ability to worship Him acceptably. So it's a key understanding that we embrace this. God is zealous for His glory. He created us for His glory. Worship is one of the primary vehicles through which glory unto the Lord is expressed. Okay? So what, so, okay, that's great. So what is that, how does that translate to us and for our time now as we talk about why we should be preparing ourselves for worship. Well, in this incredible activity of worship, the very thing that God ordained us to do, we are, at least for the time of corporate worship, we are worship leaders. So a second key understanding here is we must understand our role then as a worship leader. See, when we're leading worship, we're, we are more than song leaders. And I mean leading worship. I don't just mean the worship leader. I mean those of you playing as well. You're not just simple musicians. You're, you're worship musicians. You're worship leaders in this. And we're more than song leaders. We're, we are actually pastoring. And in that sense, I mean caring for and leading the people during that time of corporate worship. And uh, David Roos, worship leader and pastor, has, has coined this activity a sacred trust. God has given us, as worship leaders, a sacred trust to shepherd this activity of worship in a corporate sense for us in the musical sense. Now, bringing it back towards music and the arts and this thing of worship. Okay, this, this sacred trust of being a worship leader. And, and then if, if we are in this incredible role, and we are, of worship, we have to we have to then lead effectively. We can't just we can't just do this on a whim. We can't just do this half-heartedly. We we that just being in that place of being worship leaders requires us to lead effectively and with intentionality. I mean, look look here at Romans twelve six uh, through eight verses six through eight. It says, we have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. And if it is serving, 
Well, let him serve. And if it is teaching, let him teach. And if it is encouraging, let him encourage. And if it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. And here it is for us. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. See, the scriptures command us, those of us in leadership positions, to not just do this haphazardly, but to lead or to govern, same word there, to lead diligently. And Bob Coughlin, who is the director of uh, worship development for, um, oh gosh, what is he for? Um, Sovereign Grace Ministries. Um, he has, uh, has coined this activity this way, and I, I think this is, this is a great quote. He says, Worship in spirit and truth does not just happen. There needs to be an intentionality behind what we do. That is so that is so right on. And it's so in line with Romans twelve, verses six through eight. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. Okay, so he the first key understanding is that we were created to worship. It's our highest calling. The second is that understanding our role then as a worship leader in the midst of this incredible thing of worship and ascribing glory unto the Lord. And a third key understanding then for why we should participate in the activity of of preparing our hearts is that we must follow Romans 12, 6, and be intentional about planning. So intentional planning for leadership. So we need to have a plan of where and how we're going to lead the the congregation. And I I see this in two parts. Obviously, there's the musical plan. I mean, it's what we do with the worship team, with the band. Okay, Um, So as a team, we need to be committed to all that is needed to be effective in musical leadership. So this is... This is knowing the songs. This is knowing the arrangements. This is um, having rehearsed and putting the band together so that we've been able to, to put things together in a way that, that effectively leads the people and doesn't create stumbling blocks or create kind of chaos on stage, you know. Um, First Chronicles, I mean, gives the, the whole impetus of being able, being trained and skilled. You know, David commissioned uh, the, the, uh, the priests and the musicians and, and Chronicles uh, chapter 25 and it says along with their relatives all of them trained and skilled in music for the Lord I mean there's there's definite uh, need for us to be skilled here and and then intentional with how we lead um, again another quote from Bob Coughlin he's um, just just a great quote and to, to capsulize this he says the goal here meaning for here for us as worship team and worship leaders the goal here would be to lead the flow of musical worship in such a way as to avoid interruptions caused by lack of training, experience, or practice. I mean, is that, that's, that's just very clear and great, great statement. So there's musical implications on being intentional and, and how we should prepare. Okay? So again, that's a whole other topic and a whole other seminar on, on how we could do that and do that effectively. And then there's personal implications for us as well. Because as a leader, we need to know where we're leading, meaning we, we need to have been there. We need to have prepared our hearts. We need to have spent time in God's presence, which is section two. We're going to get into some of these, some of the key components or the key activities here. We need to have done these things so that we've been there. We've prepared our hearts. 
and we are ready to lead. We're ready to lead musically in the technical and then in the practical. And from our hearts, we've been ready to know God's heart and to, and to know what we're going to do in the midst of worship because it's a sacred trust, the sacred trust of leading worship because God is zealous for his glory. He's created us for his glory. Worship is one of the primary vehicles through which glory unto the Lord is just, is displayed. And we have this incredible place of being worship leaders in that process. God's given us the sacred trust to do that. And therefore, we must, we must lead as Romans 12 has, has commended us to lead diligently and with intention. So that's why we should be concerned and cared for and committed to the activity of preparing our hearts for worship during the week. It's not just something to show up. Now, if, you're, if, if you've probably had this experience like me because we're dealing with life and the busyness of life and, you know, and, and different things, and, and some weeks we're better at getting ourselves prepared and ready than others, there's times where I've, I've shown up and really been unprepared, and God's blessed it anyway. Have you, I bet you've experienced that yourself. And yet that is the exception that I found and not the rule. I mean, God is gracious. I mean, he, he comes and he does that, and I'm so thankful for that. But I think God takes pleasure when we prepare ourselves, when we seek him out and, and we do these activities we're going to be talking about here in this next section. I think God takes pleasure then in coming and blessing our time of worship. I think it pleases his heart. This presentation is part of the teaching and worship ministry of Brent Helming. Additional resources are available at www.brenthelming.com. We'd like to give a special thanks to Mark Griffo for the original music featured on this podcast, and thank you again for tuning in. 